everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Slasher Street Podcast. My name is Ryan Devlin. Thank you so much for joining me once again. This is a horror movie podcast where each week I will be reviewing and discussing in detail a particular horror movie from our epic collection here at the house. However, this week is slightly different because I'm not going to be reviewing something that's in our collection. We don't have it on DVD, we don't have it on Blu-ray, but it is on Amazon Prime, which is how I managed to watch this movie. I have been trying to track this DVD and this Blu-ray down for quite some time in, you know, for a reasonable price. There's only so much I would look to pay for a a DVD and Blu-ray, no matter how rare it is to come by. Um, But this one, you know, it's on Amazon Prime at the moment, so whilst it's still on there, I thought I would get my thoughts out there, get my review out there, because really, this is one of the most controversial movies ever created. And still to this day, 40 years later, this is over 40 years now. It came out in February 1980, and still people are talking about this movie to this day. People still don't know, you know, which bits are legit and which bits were were fake. It's really one of the most controversial pieces of filmmaking that's ever, ever been created. And I am, of course, talking about the 1980s found footage film, Cannibal Holocaust. Now, I know that this movie, uh, it's really not for any, it's not for everyone. Um, it's a really tough watch, but um, whilst it was on Amazon Prime, I've watched it a couple of times. I really just wanted to get my thoughts out there and get this review online and really give it a few watches because, you know, the the, the graphic content that is in this movie, which we will get down to in detail in this review, it's it's something that I'm really surprised is even on there, if I'm honest with you. I mean, I know they've, they've got gory films on, you know, Netflix and Amazon Prime and all that kind of stuff and you know, that's just the way it is. There's gory films out there. But it's the content that's in this movie and how realistic it is for its time and also the legitimate, you know, animal cruelty that's in this movie as well. I'm really shocked that it's still on there. I mean, I, you know, I know that people would sell DVD, sell a DVD or sell a Blu-ray uh, and people can, you know, go out their way to buy it and find it and I totally understand that. Um, it's a classic movie. But for it to be so easily accessible on Amazon Prime... Um, which, you know, I'm not complaining about because I got to to watch it. It's just a bit of a strange one for me, and I'm quite surprised it's on there. But whilst it's on there, before it gets taken down, I've given it a few watches. And, uh, yeah, now we're going to get down to it and talk about it in detail on this podcast. Uh, But before we do that, I hope you're all having an awesome week, or as awesome as you can be, you know, during these incredibly testing times that we're having at the moment. I've had actually quite a a good week, I must say. Um, So on Friday... Uh, my In Search of Darkness order came, which was the huge 80s horror documentary that came out uh, last year, or end of last year, I think it came out. I completely missed the Kickstarter on that, unfortunately, and the Indiegogo's, so I didn't get to back it, which means I didn't get my hands on a copy of the DVD when it originally came out, and I really like how they've done this, the, the guys who made the Creator uh, the creator VCs uh, company who have made In Search of Darkness, 80s horror documentary. I really like how they've done it because they've made it so exclusive. I think it went onto YouTube and within about half an hour it was taken down and within a few hours it was taken down. So the only way you can see this 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 documentary, it's four and a half hours of 80s horror goodness. It's absolutely fantastic. But anyway, I missed out originally when it came out 
uh, back uh, in last year when the uh, Indiegogo campaigns were going, you can choose your back in and get the DVD, the Blu-ray, all that good stuff. Well, I completely missed that. Uh, not by much, I must say. I think I discovered it around about a month after all the campaigns had closed. So I couldn't put my money down, couldn't order the DVD or the Blu-ray, and I've been really trying to search for a, a, a decent copy of it for a while. Unfortunately, haven't been able to. However, uh, a couple of months ago, I think, or maybe end, uh, beginning of March, I think it was, uh, they put on a limited time release, and I think it was $49.99. So it was only about £35, which I didn't think was too bad at all, you know, with the with the currency conversion rate. It wasn't too bad, £35. And for that, I got the, the Blu-ray, and I got two posters, two A2 posters, and they are gorgeous. I put them on the uh, Slasher Street Facebook page, uh, so go and give that a like as well. Uh, I put them on there with the Blu-ray just because I was so excited that they'd arrived. Absolutely gorgeous. They're going to go in my office, when, uh, which I'm in the middle of sorting at the moment. Once that's ready, those are going to go up on the wall. They're truly lovely posters. So, um, And also, you also got a digital download of the documentary, digital download of the soundtrack, and the soundtrack's pretty cool as well. Um, so I watched that over the weekend and loved it. Absolutely. had. It's got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. I know all the people on the Killer Flicks group, or the majority of people on there, really loved the, the documentary. So I got a real kick out of that. And there's a lot of movies on there that I haven't got in the collection, which I'm now in the middle of tracking down so I can eventually review them on this podcast. And it was just such an awesome... You know, if you're a fan of horror movies, and um, especially 80s horror movies, which a lot of us are, this is really... It's a gold haven of... It's a gold mine, you know, haven rather. What was it? Haven, a gold mine, same thing, um, of 80s horror facts, goodness, interviews... Fantastic. So I've had a really good week because once that arrived, I was like, damn, you know, this week is going to be awesome. Uh, So anyway, that's enough of that. Enough of that plugin. I think they've closed the sale on that as well now. So you could only get that for a limited time. But check it out. I thoroughly, 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 thoroughly recommend checking it out. Just Google 80s horror documentary or Google In Search of Darkness. Take you straight to their website. Subscribe um, to what they're doing because as soon as it becomes back uh, back available again and they do another, you know, like a rerun of of whatever they do. Like for this one, they had this particular package, which was perfect for me um and i'm sure in the future i'll have other packages available because they're just going to rerun it unlimited time only uh and it, it's not available anywhere else so i say it's definitely worth checking out anyway i've rambled on a little bit too much here so let's get down to it and let's talk cannibal holocaust uh, so as i say this movie extremely controversial um but i really wanted to get my thoughts out there after watching it and it's all fresh in my mind um so this movie really is the original found footage movie you know that spawned things like the the Blair Witch Project Paranormal Activity uh, all of those kind of films there's loads more I can't think of off the top of my head but um you know found footage movies are in their own right now a separate genre subgenre in horror because there's so many of them um, and this was the original one, came out in 1980. Now, at the end of last week's podcast, I said the 1970s found footage film. Uh, well, this came out in February 1980. So it was filmed in the 1970s. So you can let me off with that because the, the production on this thing was a nightmare for everybody involved, uh, which again, we're going to get to completely. So this was the original found footage film. Uh, it's split into two parts. Uh, it's split into kind of more of a, a theatrical movie at the start. The first 45 minutes to 50 minutes is more of a theatrical theatrical movie just a normal filmed movie uh, and then the last 40 minutes of the movie is the fo- the found footage section um which is 
what is the which is where they find the footage rather uh, in the original in the fi- in the first 50 minutes god i'm rambling on completely there uh, so it's kind of split into two different parts uh, now i think the easiest way for me to go through this movie is to go through it in in sections uh, so we're going to go through the budget a bit of the cast um a, a few of the controversies of this movie as well uh, the things i don't like about as well we're going to get into that before we go into the actual blow by blow of the movie because I think it's it's more important, this movie itself, the legend of this movie and everything that is controversial about it is almost bigger than the movie itself. So we're going to go through my thoughts and all that kind of stuff first. We're going to get it out the way and then we're going to do the usual blow by blow of the movie, kill by kill, everything that happens bit by bit. Uh, so... The budget for this movie was $100,000, and this was back in 1980. So that was, you know, quite a a decent-sized budget for a horror film at that time. So, but in the box office, it grossed $2 million in the US. Now, the thing is, this movie was banned in a lot of countries. It doesn't say uh, over which period of time that the $2 million grossed. It could have just been in 1980 when the movie came out, and then it just you know it just took off and people people bought it. But it had a world a worldwide release this movie, but because of the controversies surrounding the movie, uh, it eventually got banned and basically taken out of the cinema from most uh, most countries, uh, and still is banned in a lot of countries to this day because of the nature of things that's in this movie. Uh, but what a you know what a huge return nonetheless. Uh, Hundred million dollar budget, two million dollars at the box office in the U.S. alone, but worldwide had more money coming in eventually uh, once it got released in certain countries again. Obviously, DVD, VHS, although it was banned in a lot of countries. You know, you got to have these video nasties back in the day. A lot of them wanted to to get a copy of this. So a lot of things like VHS sales would have been quite high as well. So there you go. Um, directed by Ruggiero Diodate. Now, I hope I pronounced that correctly. Ruggiero Diodate. He is. Uh, he hasn't really done too much else since this movie. This is definitely his most famous piece. Uh, he had a cameo role in Hostel 2 that I read earlier. He was one of the cannibals, you know, a bit of a throwback to this movie. Um, so he hasn't done too much since this movie in terms of things that have became a worldwide success. Um, but after the con- controversy of this movie, I'm not surprised. Um, the, so the, basically the story about this movie, once it was released, everyone thought it was a snuff movie. Everybody thought it was it was real because the gore in this movie, uh, there's not all of it, but quite a lot of it is incredibly realistic. Um there's one particular, well, quite a few scenes, to be honest with you, where I still don't know how they did it. I mean, I'm watching this as a horror movie fan who has watched God knows how many horror films over the years, you know, hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of horror movies over the years, and this movie made me feel uncomfortable watching it for the first time. Um, When I first watched it, I did feel very uncomfortable, but the second and third time watching it, I kind of knew what I was getting myself into. I could psych myself up a bit. Now, I've got a very strong stomach. Gore does not affect me whatsoever in horror movies. You know, more gore, the better. More blood, more guts, more realistic. That's what you want in a horror movie. But there's certain points in this movie that really made me feel ill and uncomfortable because it looks so real. Uh, And this is me in 2020 watching this movie 
40 years after it was released, you've got to think, what was the audiences like in 1980 when they were in the cinema watching this movie for the first time? What what must have they been thinking watching this? Because, you know, obviously there's a... Uh, we know now, you know, that things like this isn't real. But people thought the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was real. People thought that was like a documentary. And that was a theatrical movie. This is actual documentary-style footage, and it's so grim, it's so raw, it's so realistic. It's set on, like, a 16mm camera for the most part. Um, and, yeah, I was going off, I'm going off on total tangent there and lost my train of thought, but when this movie was originally released, it, it just spawned so much controversy. People thought it was a snuff movie because people thought that the actors in this movie actually died. It's that realistic. So so much so that the director, uh, Ruggiero Diodata, he got arrested on charges of uh, manslaughter, I think it was, um, <clears throat> and sexual as it's uh, sexual assault uh, and violence towards animals. He he got arrested to what for all of these things, all of these crimes, when this movie was released. Now he did a very clever thing, and this is something that doesn't get done today but you've just got to applaud like the vision and how visionary this was at the time the four actors who are the actors in the actual documentary style footage uh, so we've got gabrielle york who uh, plays alan we've got luca Barbareschi as mark we've got francesca chiardi as fear and perry perknanen as Jack. Now uh, sorry I've totally butchered their names no doubt they're all um, Italian names so you know me and my Cumbrian accent are just botching those names completely. So what he did was um, the director of this movie he got these four actors to sign essential waivers that when they get home they will not work or be seen in the public eye for at least 12 months to sell the fact that the doc that the film was real to sell it to audiences that this is real and these people actually did die well people took that really literally and really to heart and he was arrested and uh, was going to prison on murder charges because they thought that he, these people were actually killed on camera and this was 100% real uh, and what he had to do was he had to phone the four actors who he'd made sign these these contracts say so they wouldn't appear in public wouldn't appear in any other movies they had to go to the court and say, we're here, we're here alive, you know, don't send him to jail, it's just a movie. Now, you have people like uh, Last House on the Left, for example, that came out in, uh, was it in the late 70s, that had a tagline on it saying, it's only a movie, just keep saying to yourself, it's only a movie, it's only a movie. Well, could you, that's, that tagline should have been made for this film. The tagline for this movie is now... The most controversial horror movie ever made and i can totally see why because it's just absolutely say but that that particular line it's only movie it's only movie that should have been on this poster because it feels so damn real um also there's a, a an amazing scene in this and where they have one of the cannibal women from the film and they are she's like been She's on like a spike. She's been uh, impaled by a spike and she's kind of sitting up halfway. So her feet, she's levitating off the floor, essentially, impaled with a spike through her mouth, goes into, you know, it's an insane shot. And it's totally, I mean, considering there's no CGI back then or anything like that, 
It's just 100% real, gritty, you know, practical effects. And again, the court thought that this woman had died for this scene or that he'd got a dead body and impaled it for this particular scene where amazing things that they did with little to no budget, no special effects, just raw, you know, practical effects. And it was a simple thing such as she was sitting on a bike seat in the air and she had only a little bit of the the spike in her mouth going up and she just stayed incredibly still. And during the court case, they had to show footage of this person being filmed, getting onto the bike seat, um, then getting off the bike seat, still alive, taking the spike out, laughing, joking, very happy that she just filmed really one of the most iconic scenes in the history of horror. Uh, Not that they would know that back then. But really, even to this day, and this is a huge thing that I want to say about this movie as well, the effects and the gore, 40 years later, still hold up. You've got films like The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, as I said, The Last House on the Left, uh, I Spit on Your Grave, all these really controversial movies that came out before this movie. Um, And the gore in those three movies combined is nowhere near the level of this. And to be honest, there's, there's movies that have came out recently, slasher movies that have came out recently that don't have the realistic... Um, amount of gore that is in this movie. As I say, I'm a big gore fan. More gore the merrier. Um, But this really is one of the most realistic movies I've ever seen. There's certain parts of the movie that aren't realistic. So there's the final scene where uh, is it? Uh, it's Faye, who is the lady film documentary. She gets a head ripped off. The head is clearly fake because you can see the, the you can see the wig fall off. It like that particular one doesn't look good at all. Um, and there's I think there's another one earlier in the film which I wasn't a fan of as well. Um, and also there's the whole thing of when the trap when the army's going in to see the tribe to to you know kill the tribe or try and get some of the tribe captured. You know they're shooting them and they just fall back. They're very 1970s cheap low budget kind of war movie style kills um but obviously they'd invested so much money into the other kills that probably those ones didn't matter but the first time i watched this movie that's the first kill that you see essentially you see the cannibals uh eating an arm and it looks gross it looks horrendous looks very doesn't look real but it looks gross um if that makes sense you know that isn't realistic that part but it looks awful to see Uh, and then obviously the first actual kills you see is the army going in to kill the cannibals and they just fall back and i'm like hmm this isn't gonna live up to the hype but from that moment on the things that you see in this movie are just incredible now i'm all for fake gore i'm all for that kind of thing as i said you know more gore the merrier however there are certain points in this movie which i do not agree with and i still thinking about it have no idea what was going through this director's head when he was filming these parts and of course that is the animal cruelty section of this movie um there is multiple animals killed in this movie for real on camera so a friend a friend of mine what i said obviously last week on the podcast that um you know, I was going to cover this podcast and I said, you know, try and watch the movie. And a friend of mine messaged me last night to say he's watching the movie. And I was like, right, well, just watch it. Don't look anything up because I, and it's one of those things where I looked it up beforehand. Some of the legends of this movie, some of the facts, some of the things like that before I watched it for the first time, knowing that animals 
were really getting killed in this movie. Uh, and I just think there's no, there was no place for it in the movie. So we see the tortoise. Uh, that thing is just swimming, minding its own business. And then the, this film crew with, with the small 16mm cameras come and, you know, rip it apart and kill it. And it's grim. And it, it, it's so disgusting, you know, that, that scene where they're ripping the, the shell apart. And, oh, it's so hard to watch. Uh, a spider gets killed as well, which, you know, spiders have been killed and, and, and things like that have been killed in movies before. Uh, things like uh, Friday the 13th, for example. The original Friday the 13th, I'm kind of going off a bit of a tangent here. I'm going to go off on a lot of tangents, as I always do, but especially for this movie, there's just so much that I'm trying to get out there in this review and talk about it within this hour period. Um, so Friday the 13th, the original one, there's a snake scene in there, isn't there, where they see the snake in the in the pantry and then they cut it in half. Now, that was legit. They genuinely cut that snake in half. So things like a spider... Uh, I'm not too... That wasn't too difficult for me to watch because obviously you had the snake scene as well in Friday the 13th. Snakes, spiders, that kind of thing. Um, maybe I'm being a bit hypocritical there, but, you know, they don't affect you as much, I don't think. Um, you see the little monkey. That's a heartbreaking scene because... And it, it's so it's so needless. It's so needless where the monkey gets his head cut off on camera. And Why did they need to kill the monkey? Because the, the, the people don't eat it. They just you know, throw it to them. It, it, it's such a pointless throwaway scene. Um, and obviously the pig as well. I, I can kind of see where they were coming from with that scene where they shot it because... They, and that's why the tribe got kind of peed off because it was their food. You know, that's their food. Well, their pet, the kid's pet, and then eventually gets taken for food and then this guy's just gone and shot it. Um, but it's it's legit. You see it on camera, get shot in the head. There was just no need for it. I mean, no need for it whatsoever. And if you take out, and this is my opinion here, I actually think this movie is a a, a hidden masterpiece for the most part because of, I say the gore, it's the very first found footage movie in the history of uh, horror movies, which became a, a huge genre in itself. If you taken out and didn't have those animal cruelty scenes and just had the movie as the, ki- the kills of the, the human kills and the effects there, and everything else just the same, you would have shaved about 10 minutes off the film time. So it wouldn't have been quite as long. It's only an hour and a half long, this movie. So it would have been only about an hour and 20 minutes. But man, what a much better film it would be, in my opinion. Because this these scenes tarnish this movie, and they make it not art. As soon as things like... As soon as people get killed for real, as soon as things die for real that shouldn't have died, you know, like... The, tor- the turtle, the, tor- the giant tortoise, the pig, the monkey. Those things didn't need to die. They didn't need to be killed for this movie. They didn't need to be filmed and they didn't need to be edited. It, it literally played no part progressing the story. I know with the tortoise, it's kind of to emphasise that the filmmakers aren't quite as innocent and as good as they make out to be. But we establish that in the next scene. We establish that in the next scene where they shoot the cannibal and when they burn the village down. There's, there was no place in this movie for the animal cruelty. And that, for me, hinders this movie so much. Because if you had taken those scenes out, if those scenes were never made, you know, I think what a great... I think it would have been an, a fantastic piece of filmmaking it's it's very good and it's very impressive for the most part but those particular scenes just put this movie 
right down in my opinion. And I'd say there's just there was just no it's just unnecessary, unfortunately. Um so anyway, those are my main thoughts on the movie. So let's go into it. Let's go into a blow by blow of the actual movie itself. Now, um before before we do, I keep saying that, but before we do, um I just want to say these are actually real locals and real tribes that were used in the filming of this movie. So they weren't cannibals like they are like they're depicted in the movie. But they are real tribe people, real aboriginally tribe people who uh live there. So I thought that was really interesting um and really quite authentic. But um because you know there's loads of them there's literally probably 50 tribe people that you see throughout the movie maybe even more um so to to really embrace the locals embrace the culture give the locals work although some of them say they weren't paid yeah there's a few pay disputes in this movie as well obviously um but you know at least there, there was quite a bit of authenticity about that by having the locals play the tribes because this was all set on location i think in columbia and things like that columbian rainforest uh so it stars the main star of this movie is robert kerman who is he plays professor harold monroe he's like the star of the movie he's the main star in the uh, the first half which is the theatrical section and one of the main stars really in the second part when he's reviewing the footage and things like that uh, so he he apparently had a really big career in porn as people did back then of course um and then he thought that this movie was going to shoot him into kind of more mainstream success and get more movie roles but that wasn't the case because this movie just got it didn't get shit on it just got banned and anyone who was working on it essentially got more of a a black a black mark against their name so we've gone through all that so let's go into more of a blow by blow of the movie as we normally do uh very aware i've just rambled on for 25 minutes there but i just thought all those points are really important to make and my thoughts on especially the gore especially the animal cruelty the effects it's all a, a huge part of this of this movie and this review um so anyway let's go into more of a blow by blow of the movie so the actual movie itself it starts off so calm as a lot of these movies did in the kind of eight, late 70s again last house on the left really comes to mind here with the hilarious soundtrack of that movie um but this one it's, it's a helicopter ride over the amazonian rainforest and it's just this nice calming happy music you know just very relaxing it just doesn't feel like it fits and the words cannibal holocaust two of the most controversial words that you could ever put in a film title cannibal holocaust you know what you're getting you're getting a movie about cannibals and holocaust um oh i just want to say as well um if people didn't already know, there's actually a video game coming out from this movie as well, like a, a sequel, or I don't know if it's a sequel, or it's just a video game version of this movie called Cannibal. So again, 40 years later, pop culture is still talking about this this uh, this movie. You know, it's, it's just crazy. You know, so I'll, I'll be playing that game. Um, and, you know, animals will die in there, but they're not really going to die because it's a game. So anyway, so the the movie starts and we kind of see a bit of footage about the four filmmakers, which is Alan, Mark, Faye and Jack. They are the American filmmakers going off to Amazonia to film these cannibalistic tribes. And it, they say these four brave Americans, these, you know, these brave youngsters. And you're just like, what? They're not like they're kind of really putting across the fact that these are innocent, young English American people, you know, and 
but they've lost got they're lost and never to be seen again but obviously i actually think this movie is a much better watch second and third time you watch it i think the first time you watch it you just did awe of the whole thing almost in like what the fuck am i watching uh, whereas the second and third time especially that first hour you really notice things that Things like the turtle shell, things like the the huts being burnt. You see it all after the fact it's happened, and then we go back in time and see how that... Again, I don't think that had been done at that point in time either. So the actual order of the movie, where we see kind of an aftermath first, we see that we know that the filmmakers die, uh, we know that everything what happens, and then we see how it happened later on in the movie. So it's kind of backwards. And I think that might have been one of the very first movies that did that, especially around this kind of time as well. Um, so they also say as well, there's been two expeditions previously to this place, which uh, were in 1959, 1967. Now I'm presuming this is 1979 when it was filmed. Oh, sorry. Oh God, gassy, gassy, gassy. I'm on the old tiny rebel this week, so I'm uh, a bit nicer than Brewdog. Uh, what, which one are we on tonight? Which uh, what we're we talking about there? Pump up the jam. That's what I'm on at the moment. Jam flare, jam donut IPA. So cheers. Um, and. Yeah, they went. These these two these two expeditions went, and they never came back. So, the the fact that these people think they're coming back and they're so cocky, they're so arrogant. But again, the first half of this movie, you think they've done nothing wrong. It's it's very clever and very well made. I've gotten really nothing but good things to say about this movie, apart from the animal cruelty parts. Um, as I say, if you're taking the animal cruelty parts out, I would probably give this a big nine out of ten because the story is so well made. It's so well shot. Um, it's so clever how, like, see the first half of the movie, you're actually thinking, oh God, these poor kids, you know, they've went out there to film this documentary. And then you see that actually they're not quite as innocent as, um, as we make out. We meet Professor Harold Monroe, obviously he's the star, and he's going to Amazonia to find out what happened to these kids, uh, and to try and, uh, to try and find them and to try and bring them home. Uh, and this is the first time that we see a cannibal in the movie as well. They're eating the, like just eating like an arm. And again, it doesn't look very real at all. This is one of the only ones in bits in the movie that I thought, oh, it doesn't look great. And that this first kind of 10, 15 minutes, the effects aren't very good at all. So you've got this cannibal eating this arm and then you've got the army coming in shooting them and they just have this platoon style it fall backwards you know there's no blood there's no bullet holes quite badly done and it's just if they had like maybe an extra fifty thousand dollars maybe they could have really worked a bit more magic in there but i think at that point in time there's probably only so much effects that you can uh, that you can actually do uh, so professor Harold Monroe he seeks the help of the army and they go and uh, and help him with his expedition he's got his own tour guide um and they go into the into the rainforest to try and to try and find the can not to try and find the cannibals but to really find out what happened to the kids uh, so also in this part as well they're, they're walking through the they're walking through the uh, the rainforest and they see an empty turtle shell. Uh, and that is reference to the footage that we see later on in the movie. So again, they're, 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 on the, they're saying they're on the same trail, they're on the right trail, they're going the same place. But the fact that that is there is very clever to me because the first time I watched it, that just went right over my head. I was like, all right. It literally meant nothing because they're just walking through a rainforest. Of course, you're probably going to see a turtle shell. You're probably going to see random things like that. But then the second time I watched it, I was like, that's the turtle shell that's used later in the film when they eat the turtle. So things like that, I can see why. But you could have just used a prop. There was no need to really kill a turtle. You could have just used a prop. It didn't have to be a real turtle. See, that's the thing. It didn't have to be a real turtle. 
And this is where we find the first body, which again we see later in the movie is the is their tour guide. Uh, and the professor just spews up all over the place. It looks really grim, but this actually does look quite realistic because there's maggots and everything coming out of the body. The, 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 the skeleton itself is really crusty. It's really discoloured. There's eyeballs still in the skeleton, but they're all kind of messed up. Really, this the, from this point onwards, the gore and the effects are very, very solid. And um, <clears throat> I think they kill a rat as well in this next part, uh, where they they rip the rat open and they feed the guts to want to the uh, to the tribe person that they've got hostage, taking them back to where they need to be. And yeah, I just think that was a bit grim. <laughs> but I don't know whether that was a real rat. That's the thing. I don't know whether that was real, uh, which is fine. If that wasn't real uh, and the guys just eating fake meat. Fine, fantastic. You know that's how it should be. No, no need to kill real animals. Uh, so we see the first kill that we see in this movie, or the first like shocking moment, shall we say, is when we see the tribe person dragging this woman onto the beach, and they say that this is a a ritual punishment for adultery that this woman has committed adultery. Now this is a white woman, but she's covered in mud, so you can't really you can't really tell what race she is she might be part of this tribe but you can kind of see her eyes and everything like that and a few bits of her skin and she definitely looks caucasian so whether or not and all of the women that are in all these tribes are of kind of you know filipino kind of um indian descent that kind of thing you know the the, the tribe uh tribe people the tribe women so for this to be a white woman, I was like, well, is this a different woman that has gone try to find them or is she going to move there? We don't really get any story. It's just there for effect. But yeah, or maybe just one of the, one of the uh, the women who were the tribe women didn't want to do this scene. So they ended up getting, um, sorry, again, God, the gas, um, ended up getting like a woman actress in to do this scene. That could be possibly what happened or maybe we'll do the trivia later on that is what happened uh, and he get oh it's, it, this is a grim scene i mean th- it's the soundtrack to this this movie as well i'm not a huge fan of and this is the first time that we really kind of hear the soundtrack uh, and anytime that there's danger so anytime that someone gets killed or an animal gets killed or we see someone being raped or anything like that uh, they play this awful 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 music and it's like and it's like like just awful sounding music it just it just sounds terrible um and it really is off-putting because the 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 sound of the music or maybe it's just because the way it was restored is so much louder than the audio of the actors and the talking so like the audio is really quite nice you know to hear their vocals and out of nowhere it's just and you're like oh it's just great song it's awful like for me i don't know why that soundtrack could have just made a new soundtrack you know uh, that's not that that is awful uh, so anyway he puts this um kind of club this it's like it's not a, it's not a, it's not a it's a bit of wood but it's like kind of how am i going to put this in a nice way it's almost like a, a giant wooden dildo and like that is the the easiest way i can describe it because it's it's shaped like a, a dil not like a dildo but it's shaped like a knife but it's rounded at the top and it's obviously made for this particular thing anyway it's grim so they have to watch on and they're like professor monroe really wants to help her but he can't because uh if the guy sees him 
then he won't take them to the to where the tribe is. So uh, anyway, shoving this thing, you know, upper, uh, and then he ends up getting like this ball of mud or this I don't know if it's like a rock, and he shoves that up there as well. Oh, it's pretty disturbing to watch. And luckily, we don't really see too much of that. Uh, and he end, and he ends up clubbing her and then sending her away on the raft, presumably to get eaten by the alligators or whatever the hell is in that river. Um, but that's the first really truly shocking scene that we see in this movie and it's really something else to say the least now we also see here as well the burnt huts of the tribe so we've managed to get to the tribe and the professor monroe he goes to the to see the tribe and we see the burnt huts and how everyone's kind of upset and distraught and and scared that essentially that they're seeing these white people again coming into their village and uh, again, that makes total sense now after watching it a few times. But uh, first time watching it, I was like, oh, what's going on here, you know? But again, it's f- it's all respectful. The- him and the guide and the guy who's with them, they're very respectful, showing them how to use a knife, being very friendly, uh, respectful to their religion, you know, happy to take their food off them as well. Uh, totally polar opposite to how these other people do it later on in the movie, uh, which is why obviously these people survive and they don't and i just thought it was a really funny scene because they're eating this goo like these i don't even it looks like wallpaper paste like really white kind of plaster filling stuff it's all it doesn't look very nice at all and the, the tribe women are, are put it in the mouth and spitting it out put it in the mouth and spitting it out put it into these bowls and then handing it to professor monroe and his guide and he's in it's a very oh it's a very rare honor that you that they would feed you this and he's like yeah, <laughs> just, that is one of the funniest bits of the movie. Just his his face, Professor Monroe's face, saying, "Yeah, is this an honor? This looks disgusting." Uh, but he eats it anyway. So uh, we're introduced to kind of the two different tribes here as well as the tree people and the swamp people. And Professor Monroe, he befriends both of them, as far as I can see. Anyway, uh, two cannibalistic tribes, and him and his guide manage to befriend them both. It's th- this guy; he knows how it's done um so um it the swamp there's a really kind of disturbing scene where we see the swamp people killing the tree people they're obviously these tribes are at war with each other and uh they are there's a scene where the it's all happening all at once where the 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 swamp people are raping the tree people and um kind of there's a really great gore scene where the these people are kind it's like not an axe but it's like just just a bit of wood and they're clawing at these people's stomachs and there's blood and ripped open that looks for its time man that looks really really good even today if i saw that scene at hd in a movie in a horror movie today hey i'd be like damn that's some good effects people are putting their time in there for practical effects um we see uh, the professor he gets naked here as well because he said he wants to he wants to blend in with the with the with the tribes and he wants to earn their respect so he said the best way to do that get naked and wash in the river with them and then all of these women these tribe women just come in there also naked and just have a bit of a, a splash and a dip so like not only has he earned the trust of these two cannibalistic tribes He's befriended them. He's been given this rare ritual. Now the the women are befriending him and taking him to um, have a wash in the bath and just play with him in the river. Like this guy, he he knows what he's doing. Like this guy, but unfortunately, 
they lead him to the remains of the of the filmmakers and this looks really really damn good it's kind of been set up there as like a shrine almost to maybe take away bad omens you know things like that because they the tribe believe that these white people that invaded their tribe are, are demons and bad people who you know tried to rape them and burn their hoods down and stole their food killed shot them and shot their shot their animals you know so they've basically put their remains up as a warning and get the demons out there so i totally see that it's very good very well done and uh, you know there's bits of them still there the heads and the torsos and the cameras there and certain artifacts that they took with them so but it looks really good and um you know, I think Professor Monroe he says something along the lines of, uh, "Of what atrocities, what crimes could they have committed to warrant this punishment?" Well, Professor Monroe, you are going to find out very, very soon, my friend. And um, he, so he, he wants to get the camera back, and this is again super, super clever. He plays. He's the night before when they were having this this party, this ritual. He recorded their their dance their singing and things like that he goes to them and plays them the playback of the the dancing and the and everything like that and uh, they love it they are just like wow and then out of nowhere this body this uh, who is part of their tribe from what i can see this body has been killed is lowered down and the guy's like well done professor we're now invited to dinner and it's just this grim grim scene where they are cooking this person and feeding him the body parts. And he's kind of looking at the guy thinking, do I do this? Do I do this? And he does. He eats it. And fair play to him. And that is such a great scene uh, for me as well because the gore in that scene and the realistic effects is fantastic. It looks amazing, if you ask me. Uh, And the acting is top-notch and everything about that scene is perfect and it makes total sense as to why they would think that the the tape recorder is magic and then in exchange, he would get the tapes because they don't know what's in these canisters. They don't know what's in there. They don't care. Uh, But they know that there's, there's sound on this recorder. So what a... You know, what a clever scene. Um, So then we kind of, that's the end of Professor Munro's journey into Amazonia. He's back home now and he's back. um, He's kind of got a little bit of kind of fame because he's gone and seen these tribes and found out that these people had died, brought the footage back and he'd survived. He'd done what up till now three film crews had gone to do and failed, you know, or maybe the other two weren't even a film crew, but three crews have gone on an expedition to these cannibalistic areas in the Amazonia rainforest and none of them have returned and he has returned with footage and artifacts and everything and their respect like this guy maybe it was the guide because the guide was fantastic as well but damn like they he he survived so he's kind of got himself some kind of small time success and the tv studio they want to air the footage that was filmed uh, because you know people want to know what happened to them now this is great symbolism for me and it's it's referenced throughout this the whole second half of this movie whereby the tv studio they don't care they just want to feed off people and give them whatever whatever nonsense that they think they want and you know they want to take the pain and suffering of these people and show it to the world it's kind of and make money from it essentially they wanted the wanted they wanted the professor to host the show and that just shows, you know, like two totally different jungles. Like who is 
And who is worse off? You know, these people are cannibals and just living their life this way. But then this TV studio, they're ex- exploiting dead people who... Like, these people went to film a documentary for them and died in a very horrific way. And they still wanted to use the footage. So it's kind of like eating them. It's kind of cannibalism, but not really. Not eat, not physically eating them, but they're eating their... Not memory, but their ethics, you know, things like that. So I think that's fantastic symbolism that you see the different jungles. You see the Amazon rainforest jungle. You see the New York jungle. And uh, and the main message of this whole movie is who is worse than the other? Because, you know, who really is? These people are exploiting these people. These people are exploiting these people. Who is worse than the other? Um <clears throat> So the doc, uh, Professor Munro, he really doesn't want them to show this footage, so they kind of review the footage. Now, they kind of show them a, fo- uh, um, a documentary. Now, this is the thing that I didn't quite understand. The TV studio, to prove a point, showed them the, this documentary that these four filmmakers had created previously, and they kind of said, they showed you the documentary, and it was really quite, you know, you could tell it was fake, but it was it was quite rough to watch. And uh, it was all about, it's called A Journey Through Hell. And, you know, I'm not too sure where. I think it was probably like uh, Africa and oppressed countries and people were just getting shot uh, by the army. And in the end, the TV studio said, oh, no, it was all fake. That's not real. They paid the army to do these things. Um, Those people didn't really die. They just paid them to film it. So they had some good footage. So they presumed that this footage of the rainforest was, again tampered with wasn't real but we know it's real like professor uh the professor has already shown you know professor monroe he's kind of gone there and said he's found them he's found them dead and he's he's watched the footage so i just thought that was a bit strange like why are the studio saying this where and whereas we know they're already dead so i don't know that was a bit strange um, so this is where we see the second half of the movie, which is the found footage section of the movie, which again is so fantastically made, in my opinion, because it's so raw. And it, the thing is, a lot of found footage movies, for me, are quite a few of them are a bit unwatchable. You know, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the Blair Witch or anything like that. They make me nauseous to watch. They're just badly shot a lot of them. Whereas this one, I really liked how they did it because the whole film wasn't found footage, only probably. Th- 30 minutes of footage was found footage and even in between those 30 minutes of the found footage we had a bit of commentary from professor munro and the people at the tv studio and it was broken up quite nicely um so i just thought that was i thought that was really well done uh so this is where we kind of see the 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 film crew and we realize that really they're not quite as good as they, you know, they're not these wholesome, brave Americans that went there to film this documentary. They went there to, you know, be disrespectful and kill people. Uh, the, as I say, we see the turtle scene. I've, I've talked about that quite a lot in this movie, not in this movie, in this podcast, rather. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. I talked about the animal cruelty section. So a lot of those bits I'm probably going to skip past um, because we've already discussed them earlier on in the podcast. Um we see Alan's blistered feet, very raw, looks very real. Wouldn't surprise me if they were real blisters because the the conditions that these people had to go through when this movie was being made was just horrendous. You know, they, they were really there in the, in the jungle filming these scenes and it just looked grim. 
So the first death that we see from these people, anyway, let's talk about some of these people's deaths and the lead up to them. So we see Felipe, he gets bit, he's their guide, who we saw earlier on in the movie, we saw his skeleton. He rotted away quite, I suppose he's really hot and sweaty, he looks horrible, so maybe he would rot away and people eating him and things like that. But he gets bit by a snake and they end up, like, <laughs> the guy gets bit by a snake, so I told, instead of trying to suck the venom out, they just cut his leg off. They're in the middle of the jungle with no medical surprise. Like, this guy met a grim end. Like, they cut his leg off and then they're trying to burn it closed. It's never gonna work in a million years. It would get gangrene. He would die. There's no way he's going to be making it out of this rainforest. But anyway, he does die. Shock horror, he dies. And uh, he's the first death. And he wasn't even killed by the tribe, but presumably he was later eaten by the tribe because we just see his remains. You know, there's nothing left of him. Um, he just... He's just skull and bones up at this point and this is a this is a good thing as well like they they this scene this next scene they basically don't they don't show the tribe any respect whatsoever so when professor munro he goes into the tribe he gets led there by the tribesmen and his guides and everything's kind of quite kosher quite official uh, whereas these people they just walk into the into the tribe pushing people over shooting guns uh shooting the pig which is just pointless uh pushing kids around and then they they start pushing people into the into this hut and set it on fire now what do you think's gonna happen here there's four of you and hundreds of them and they still sit and they're just like walking around screaming yelling it's like what are you gonna do show this footage of you being tall dickheads to these guys to this tribe it's just, I have no idea what was going through, what would have been going through their minds up to this point. Uh, just stupid, stupid people. Uh, and there's a sex scene in this movie uh, with, I believe it's between Faye and Jack. I could be wrong. Again, the names aren't really, they don't really come to my head that often, but um, I would have to look it up. But I think it's Faye and Jack who are the... Um, who were the two people having sex? Now, there's a controversial story with this with this movie, where apparently Francesco Chia- Francesca Chiaderalu plays Faye Daniels, who's the the lady document the lady filmmaker. She didn't want to get her breasts out on film, which I thought was pretty weird reading that back because apparently her and Ruggiero Diodate, the director, had a massive massive argument on set in Italian, and just screaming and shouting at her because she wasn't going to get her boobs out, but obviously that was a part of the scene. But earlier on in the movie, we see her completely naked, fanny out naked, you know, she's got (laughs) everything is out on camera there. And uh, later on in the movie, when she's being raped, we see her boobs there as well. So we do see her boobs and, you know, it's just the most awkward sex scene you could possibly see in a movie. It's the most awkward and raw scene I've ever seen in a horror movie. Uh, And apparently the story goes that um, to kind of make themselves more comfortable with this scene because obviously they're going to try and have sex in front of everyone uh, well you know fake having sex but still uh, they want like fair uh, Francesca rather wanted to go into the into the into the jungle with the guy who she was having sex with and said let's have sex for real it'll break the tension uh, but he said no I've got a girlfriend at home so there's two very different stories going on here because she said actually they were having a fling on the set and they did have sex in the jungle whereas he's saying he did that didn't happen he's got a girlfriend at home which one you believe who knows but that sex scene is very very awkward without a doubt 
Um, so the filmmakers are there. Um, they took a burnt tribe person. Now the makeup on this person is fucking phenomenal. Like seriously, I, I'm still thinking. I mean, I'm gonna maybe have to. I'm gonna read the trivia after this before we end this podcast. But seriously, if this is makeup in 1978, 79 when this film was being made, this is top job. Like there is burn scenes in movies today that do not look this good and i presume that it was a, a burn it can't be anything else because obviously we see the tribe getting burnt in the in the in the hut and then kind of next scene after the sex scene is them hanging out by the river and they've got this this tribe person almost on like covered in burns and blisters and everything like that it's disgusting and it's like there's burns in, in, like, say, in modern-day films, they were just CGI this shit, but this is just brutal, realistic burns. And, honestly, the makeup on this is absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Hopefully it's not real burns, because I know that some people did suffer a few real burns because of the fire and how, again, the conditions that they were that they were made to film this in, like the tribe people... Um, but damn, this makeup is absolutely incredible. Uh, the, the, a really, really, really heartbreaking scene in this movie is when we are seeing like an abortion ritual. This is a really tough watch because she's the lady is clearly probably... I mean, she's probably looking at a six-month pregnant, maybe even more. She has quite a big bump on her. And she's kind of tied up, arms in the air, and the women are giving her an abortion. I the fetus gets ripped out and buried in the mud and she ends up just getting battered with rocks and killed. I mean, maybe that was because it was, maybe she, again, adultery. Maybe it was a, um, maybe it was a punishment for, you know, having a baby in adultery in these tribes and, and not with your partner or not with someone you're married to or not with someone who the tribe say you should be with. Um, or maybe it was with a brother, <laughs> who knows, um, you know, these kind of things. But, that damn that scene's heartbreaking because you know they rip the baby out and just bury it in the mud as if it was nothing and yeah it's just again it's not real like this again is not real but totally in 1980 when this movie came out i can only imagine what people were thinking you know especially when there was already the rumors going around that it was a snuff movie and then this happened there's a there's always a thing of are you taking it too far in movies are you taking the 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 job too far and this could be a time when when it was taken too far because it was just very uncomfortable very uncomfortable to watch um now the professor this is kind of back home the professor wants the footage to be destroyed and they are like no it's definitely going on we're gonna film it we're gonna edit out some of the more controversial sections and we're gonna air this footage like you haven't seen what's next on the footage have you and they're like no and they go into a cinema room and he's like you need to see what's on this tape and then you will you will want to not air this footage and this is kind of the the ending of the movie so per se it's the last 15 minutes of the movie is where we see the filmmakers raping one of the tribe women whilst one of the tribe's men watches from a distance um really grim really grim scene the rape scenes there's multiple rape scenes in this movie really you know there's there's the one earlier on in the film where the guy is essentially raping her with a rock there's this one and a there's um, the tribe raping each other and there's a rape scene at the end so I think there's around about four or five rape scenes in this movie so it's obviously they didn't really that didn't really happen but it 
those parts are again raping movies is incredibly difficult to watch but i can see it has to be done and it has to be there as part of the story and a lot of these kind of things um this is again where we see the next scene is where we see this incredibly impressive shot of the woman who was impaled on the spike and the whole bike seat magic trick that we talked about earlier when we're talking about the court case and things like that just amazing like honestly still don't know how that can happen and it can look so real and this is in 1980 when people's you know um knowledge of special effects sorry was literally zero you know now in 2020 we know how a lot of these magic tricks are made but even looking at this scene because the the camera goes pretty much right round her and you can't see her bike seat and although the spike does come through her bum damn like honest to god what an amazing amazing shot amazing scene uh, so we see the final the final scene in this movie or the final found footage scene in this movie is just madness it's really difficult to watch it's grim so one of them gets captured i think it's alan who gets captured he kind of gets a spike through him but he, i don't think he dies he just gets captured uh and man this guy he's like this this kill this is one of the most gruesome kills i've seen in any horror movie and i've seen a lot like slasher movies are my go-to preference so i've seen a lot of over-the-top kills but i don't know how this was made it was filmed on a 16 millimeter camera like basic basic camera no real special effects no cgi it was all practical and had alan have got him there stood up hitting him in the head with rocks which again, we know fake rocks, but they then slice his dick off. And I'm not joking, this looks incredibly real. And I know it's not real. He didn't really get his dick cut off, but I have no idea how they did it because they just cut the they don't cut the, the whole thing off. They don't cut his balls off as well. They just cut his dick off. And there's blood splurting everywhere. It's disgusting. And I've no idea how they did it. Um and then this guy, you know, he gets beaten to death he gets his head cut off he gets his body decapitated and then they eat him just for the fun of it they eat him now this is the bit of the movie which makes you know it's a makes you know it's not real and why wasn't kind of why that was why this probably wasn't questioned at the time because if you were this film crew and you saw your friend get captured and all of the tribes people were you know capturing your friend torturing him you think he's already dead why are you not running in the other direction as fast as you can get out of there get out of there as fast as you can and leave but they filmed the whole thing so i'm like this is your friend getting decapitated you can't help him anymore this guy's done and you know they just they watch it and film it so i just thought that was just run just run then Faye, she's the next one. She gets captured uh, and she gets whipped. She gets raped multiple times. It's it's a grim, grim watch, but she gets whipped. And, and this is the bit that really looks... This bit looks terribly fake when they cut her head off. Well, we don't see her getting a head cut off. So that's off camera. But we see a head come up, like they're kind of throwing the head around. 
and the wig falls off the head. And one of the tribespeople's holding the wig, kind of maniac style. And the head's just being bounced about with, like, blonde hair. So, obviously, the, the, the head that they could get was probably a blonde wig. Sorry, a blonde head, mannequin head. Uh, but Fear in the movie, has brown hair. So they put a brown wig on her. <laughs> I just thought that looked terribly, terribly fake. Uh, other than, the other one just gets attacked and kind of we just see him kind of bleeding and the footage kind of rolls off and that's kind of the end of the found footage. Um, and then we, the studio say, right, we've seen enough, get this material wiped, get it off. And then the last thing we hear is Professor Munro saying, you know, we wonder who the real cannibals are, which we've kind of briefly discussed earlier. But yeah, I thought that was a good message because... Well, the cannibals are the real cannibals because they're the ones who are eating people and the studio ended up changing their mind. But if it wasn't Professor Munro making them sit down and watch this footage and really hammering home how, you know, you shouldn't be exploiting people like this, they would have aired that documentary footage. Uh, Maybe not in its entirety, but they would have aired it, edited, uh, to make people believe that they weren't the bad guys, even though they were dead. Even though they were eaten and the cannibals technically are the bad guys, the filmmakers in this movie are awful human beings they treat the tribe with utter disrespect you know and you know if that if you were in that position there's no way you would do that no way typical ballsy brash you would not act in that way towards this tribe so one of those things so overall um, my summary thoughts on this movie i do enjoy this movie as i say, i enjoyed it more the second and third time watching because i knew what i was getting myself into and obviously you see little bits hidden in the first half of the movie that you then discover in the second half of the movie i do think that is incredibly clever i don't think that's done in any movie prior to this so not that i can think of where you know we see one thing happen where essentially the past happens first we see the guy go to try and find them and then he finds all these things and then we see what happened to those people for the back end of the movie knowing that they're already dead so i just think that was an incredibly clever clever way of doing it because they could have easily done it the other way around but they didn't uh and it made so much more sense doing it that way uh so overall i think this movie is fantastic apart from the animal cruelty because that for me really puts this movie down the actual human gore effects the actual way the film is is shot the quality of the film shot the way it's shot the acting for the most part uh and as i say big one realistic gore effects all big pluses The only downside of this movie for me is the animal cruelty has absolutely no place in film. No place whatsoever. Not even in, no matter what the circumstances, there is no excuse to kill innocent, real, live animals. Get props, get fakes, get whatever you want, but don't kill innocent animals for the sake of a movie. There's just no point whatsoever and it adds nothing to the movie i cannot stress that enough that the animal cruelty in this movie adds absolutely nothing to the picture absolutely nothing you could take those scenes out and it would be a fantastic movie like the movie is strong enough on its own without those scenes take those scenes out you've got a damn great movie here but hey this came out in 1980 this is 2020 and we're still talking about it it's still one of the top movies now on it's on one of the top horror movies on amazon prime here in the uk so that just says well loads of people are watching it 
it's got, and it's getting a video game, as I said earlier, a video game is coming out based on this movie uh, next year. So that just shows, again, the popularity of this movie, 40 years after it came out, is still there. So overall, um, if you're a horror movie fan, I would recommend to watch this, but go into it knowing what you're going to watch, knowing that it's going to be animal cruelty, you're going to see these animals die for real. I really would think that they could send out an edited version so you can you can have the choice give people free will choice you can watch it with the animal killings or without but seeing it with the animal killings it really drags it down in my opinion and i say it would be a much better film without those in the the film is strong enough on its own so i'm going to give it two ratings i'm going to give this movie two ratings if they brought out an edited version of this movie with no animal killings and just kind of the aftermath of those killings, but not we don't see it on film, then I would probably give this movie a solid 8.5 out of 10, purely for the gore. The gore is so realistic. The effects in this movie are absolutely incredible. With the animal killings, it drops a couple of points, and I'll probably give it a 6 out of 10. That's how much that drops because of that. If they released an edited version with the animal killings taken out, it's a solid 8.5 for me purely because of the gore effects it's just incredible still to this day uh but they haven't so the movie that i watched with the animal killings is a six out of ten right then so to end the podcast as we have been doing uh for every single episode as you know we're gonna run through a load of trivia on this movie because there is a ton so there wasn't a huge lot of trivia last week for hellraiser inferno But this week, there is an absolute ton of trivia for Cannibal Holocaust. So strap in. Cannibal Holocaust, rather. Damn. (laughs) Strap in, because we have a lot to get through here and a lot of really interesting facts. So, with the exception of Perry Perkinen, Carl Gabriel York's voice is the only one used in the English-language dub of the film. Despite virtually all of the dialogue, including those performed by the Italian actors, being performed in English. So, basically what happened is, this is an Italian film. A lot of the actors are Italian, the director is Italian, but it's filmed in New York City and it's filmed in in the Amazonia rainforest. Because when you watch this movie, you'll see that the dialogue doesn't quite match up with their lips. It's dubbed. But the, the what they're saying is correct. The words are correct, but not the way they're saying it. So a lot of them, I mean, I'm going to tell, have a terrible accent here, but a lot of them were, uh, say the actors, the Italian actors were speaking in English, but they had that Italian twang to them. So they were like, oh, hey, uh, nice to meet to you. I mean, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible but you know they would say like, oh hey uh, nicer to meet you i don't know that's you know they're not super mario but you know like that's kind of the the idea uh, and then they had american actors dubbed over the top so it was like oh hey nice to meet you you know so it was like what they're saying is the same thing but not it's it's yeah quite interesting actually quite interesting um altogether um Perry Perkman cried after filming the turtle scene. Again, the distress that these scenes caused these actors, because when they when they shot the 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 pig, I think there's a there's a fact here as well. The guy, you know, was peed off. Let's see if I can find that um, 
that one there. Uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll definitely come to it. But the same kind of thing happened with the with the pig when they shot the pig. The guy was so pissed off that the director made him shoot this pig for the film that they had to cut the next bit out because he just went off on an absolute rant right at the camera as to why that was a bad idea. But he had to use it because they didn't have any more pigs. So again, the distress that was put on these actors for killing these animals... Just no need, no need, and it's all under all, all in the director's head, all in the director's head. Uh, let's see, let's see. Um, as I said earlier, ten days after its premiere in Milan, the film was seized by the Italian courts, and director Ruggiero Diodate was arrested and charged with obscenity. He was later charged with murdering several actors on camera and faced life in prison. The cast had signed contracts requiring them to disappear for a year after shooting to maintain the illusion that they had died. So this is visionary. Like, could you imagine? This could never happen in today's world. Today's world of social media madness. It could never happen. But man, I just love that. I really love that. Diodate contacted Lucia Barbaracci and told him to contact the three other actors who played in the missing film team. When the actors appeared in court alive and well, the murder charges were dropped. I love it. I love it. Uh, the iconic poster image for the film shows a cannibal girl impaled on a stick. In court, Ruggiero Diodate explained that the girl sat on a bicycle seat attached to the pole's base while holding a small pointed piece of balsa wood in her mouth. Fake blood was added afterwards. He commented that the girl was unusually calm and remained very still during filming. Fantastic scene. The magic of that scene... I have no idea how they did it. Uh, this movie is the, was the second highest grossing film in Japan in 1983 behind E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Now, let's just see um, what other movies came out in 1983. Just to put that in perspective. Now, Japan, obviously, some movies probably edited. Wow. I mean, I'm just looking at some of the list of movies that came out in 1983. You had Scarface. Uh, Star Wars Return of the Jedi um, Risky Business Trading Places The Twilight Zone movie You had National Lampoon Vacation You had Video Drone You had, what else came out? Cujo came out in 1983 Psycho 2, although that might not have been very big in Japan uh, Christine, obviously John Carpenter's Christine came out then Superman 3, eh, well whatever Monty Python, a lot of these movies maybe weren't very big in Japan uh, blah, blah, blah. But E.T. came out in 1982 So if you, even if you had the back end of that Let's have a look at 1982 films Just rambling on here Again E.T. The Thing, you had The Thing Tron, Tron definitely came out in Japan Definitely Rocky 3 came out in 1980 I mean these movies are just huge Huge, huge movies I mean what else came out? Grease, not Grease 2 rather Sorry <laughs> Creepshow Absolutely fantastic movie um just so many great movies came out halloween 3 um damn so all these movies came out around about the same time and presumably they got a japan release and this movie was the second highest grossing out of all of them apart from et now that just blows my damn mind uh so anyway let's carry on let's carry on i'm digressing too much here uh after seeing the film director sergio leone wrote a letter to Ruggiero, which stated dear Ruggiero, what a movie the second part is a masterpiece of cinematography cinema cinema <laughs> god i can't read cinematographic 
cinematographic realism but everything seems so real that i think you will get in trouble with all of the world and he did he almost got sent down for murder uh the father of the actor who played miguel who was the guide uh who was the professor's guide was murdered during filming production was delayed so the actor could go home for the funeral but when professor monroe chaco and miguel are sitting outside the yamamoto the yanamo yawamawa god can't pronounce these names village immediately after discovering the bone shrine the actor is crying over his father's death so let's see if we can get some more on here as well so again director Guerrero said he based the film he saw uh, about a documentary crew who died while investigating cannibals in africa the, do- the documentary showing instance he decapitated in the film was destroyed after its discovery an italian cable network claimed it had a copy and was going to show it uncut it never showed the film but confirmed they had a copy of the original so essentially this you know it's all hearsay it's all you know myth and legend and all such like that but he could have that could have been real so this could have been a loose true story anyway um robert kerman was a porn actor trying to establish himself in the mainstream films uh but obviously didn't uh when gabriel york arrived in the amazon for shooting he wasn't given a script or any idea of what the movie was about as soon as he arrived director agaro diodate shouted that's my star get him into makeup his first scene shot almost immediately was the amputation of a character's leg in a later interview york said that in the jungle he didn't know whether the film was a hollywood production or a snuff film so even the actors weren't sure like the actors weren't sure damn that is incredible uh, again this is what i was referring to before immediately after the pig uh was shot and killed carl gabriel york botched a long monologue that Ruggiero diodate wanted to include in the movie after rehearsing the several line time and doing fine york says he screwed up during film because he heard the pig squeal and die retakes weren't possible because only one pig was all- allotted to be killed so they had to essentially cut uh, and just use that use that whatever that was in there uh Ruggiero has said he now regrets everything he did especially the animal deaths he said once that he wishes he, he said he said once that he wishes he'd never made the movie i suppose this movie kind of made him who he was and kind of gave him a reputation but you know if you're killing animals on screen man it's just no good at all uh really probably shines you in a poor piss poor light um when the professor bathed naked in a river the women in the scene were hired from a local brothel uh the production team could not find any local women to play the adulteress head of wardrobe lucier got it so this is this is what i said before this is the thing where the the lady who was killed by for the adultery you know the first graphic scene we see wasn't part of the truck wasn't you know a local woman because none of them would play it so it's the head of wardrobe lucia costantina ended up playing the part she was completely covered in mud to look like a native that's a bit racist i'll be honest with you <laughs> like that it's like i kind of see where they're coming from but that is a little bit racist um but it doesn't because she does look white she still looks white so they could have just panned that off some other way but hey um the see the film has six unofficial sequels i haven't seen any of them um let's have a look uh da, 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 da. the last road to hell sequence includes authentic execution footage from nigeria and southeast asia but the studio said it was fake but it's it's obviously legit uh we'll just get a couple more in here uh to try and uh 
wrap things up a little bit. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, to create the Last Road to Hell sequence, which is obviously the, the fake documentary you see in the middle, Ruggiero Diodate watched hours of execution footage. He later claimed that some of the footage he watched showed up in the Faces of Death videos and that he rejected it because it seemed fake, even though it was real. Damn. Uh, da, 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 da. Come on, so Ruggiero Diodate wanted a scene in which the natives fed an enemy tribesman to piranhas, but he didn't have a working underwater camera. Only still shots of the scene exist. That would have been a damn cool scene. Uh, and finally, let's see. Da, 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 da. It's uh, this movie. Well, we'll see if we get two more. Actually, two more out of here. Uh, this movie is considered to be the goriest film ever made by the critical community. Even more gory than Supria, Day of the Dead, Faces of Death, The Wizard of Gore, and the Human Centipede first sequence. Well, I would. I've seen Day of the Dead. I've seen The Wizard of Gore and I've seen The Human Centipede and I will 100% concur that this movie is gorier than that film. The Human Centipede isn't very gory at all. It's grim. It's horrendous, but it's not... I don't think it's that gory. Um, more psychological than gore. Like, actual, like the gore that you see in this movie. Um... Let's see. Uh, so the final one, although Ruggiero Diodate always has said that real animal deaths were improvised in the moment in order to f in order to make food for the crew, the truth is that the scenes were even in uh, the original script. So they weren't improvised, one of them. Unfortunately, right, so that pretty much wraps up the trivia section of the podcast and that really wraps us up so that is is that episode 12 episode 12 wrapped up in the bag cannibal holocaust i think this is probably one of the longest episodes that we've done but i just had so much i wanted to say about this movie because there's so much good things to say and celebrate about this movie but i say there's so much negativity about this movie that you know puts the movie down that you don't want to discuss because of how how grim it is essentially how how wrong it is uh which is a real shame that those scenes really let this movie down but i've got my thoughts out there i feel a lot better for it and uh please let me know your thoughts let me know in the comment section on our facebook page uh, or on the youtube uh video just let us know let me know your thoughts on this movie uh, and let's have a bit of a discussion about it because i know Everyone's thoughts in this movie are very different from the next. Some people love this movie. Some people despise this movie. But please, let me know in the comments what your thoughts are. So, next week on the podcast, we will be talking about one of, in my opinion, one of the best horror movies made in... Well, I wouldn't say it was one of the best horror movies ever made, but definitely one of the one of the best sequels ever made. And it, although it's... Although, for the most part, it's a remake. It's not a sequel, it's a remake, but it's a sequel. It's the weirdest thing, but it's a hell of a lot of fun, and we're going to have a lot of time next week, baby, because next week on the podcast, we're going to be talking about Evil Dead 2, the sequel to, obviously, The Evil Dead, and it's one of my favourites in the series, probably joint favourite with Army of Darkness out of the four Evil Dead movies that's out there. I absolutely adore this movie. I think it's absolutely fantastic. I've got it on Blu-ray here at the house. Can't wait to watch it next week. So next week, Evil Dead 2. And you know what that is? It's groovy, baby. Yes. Evil Dead 2 next week on the podcast. So, everyone, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me once again. I hope you all have an awesome week coming up. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed the episode. Go and give our face 
Facebook page a like, Slasher Street Podcast. Give us a good five-star rating on iTunes if you enjoyed the podcast. If you didn't enjoy the podcast, give us a go next week because we're talking about Evil Dead 2 and everybody likes that damn movie. It's fucking awesome. So check us out next week, Evil Dead 2. Check out our back catalogue of episodes because they're quickly piling up. So, uh, yeah, have an awesome week, everyone. Stay safe out there. We're coming closer and closer and closer to the end of this ordeal. This shit is nearly over. We can see a light at the end of the tunnel. Although times are hard, There is, we are well, I think, past the halfway stage now. So we are getting closer and closer each day back to normal life and seeing each other again. So stay safe out there, everyone. Have an awesome week. And remember, if you're watching horror movies, stay scared. Eyes are deceiving me. What you see is real. What's done is done, and what I've done is right. It's the work of science. Yeah.